Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Poor baby's getting pumped full of snacks right before daycare ends. Mom is so frustrated because she gets home, he's not hungry. She pushes dinner time back, pushing dinner time back, pushes bedtime back. The whole schedule's off. You know what started it? Snacks. Babies don't need snacks. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast. Today we're talking all about snacks. Now you would think this is going to be a fun, easy, lighthearted topic, but it's kind of heavy, right? Some parents are really stressed out by snacking. If you have an older child, so a toddler or school age kid, snacks can make or break your day, right? Well, where do you think children learn their snacking habits? It oftentimes begins even with the baby's first bites. So I'm here today to tell you that it's okay if you want to say, my baby doesn't eat snacks. I proudly say we're a snack-free household in my house. It doesn't work for everyone, but I do just want to share some ways that you can stand against snacks as you're helping your baby learn how to eat a wide variety of real foods. Now, I want you guys to hang tight till the end because we're going to break down this myth. You sometimes hear other feeding authorities say things like, well, babies can't meet their needs with three meals alone. And that's true. But I'm going to explain to you today why we don't fill that gap with snacks. So stay tuned. All right, let's get started talking about what your baby should eat. I don't want to spend an episode talking about what your baby should not eat, okay? I don't think early eaters need snacks. What early eaters need are lots of opportunities to learn how to eat real food. So let's talk first about the schedule and meals, okay? So at six to seven months of age, when you're just starting out with baby led weaning, I like to see babies eating solid foods one to two times a day. When your baby moves into the eight to nine month mark, bump that up to two to three times per day. And then by the time your baby is between 10 and 12 months of age, we like to see your baby eating three meals a day. Now, some of you are familiar with the concept known as the division of responsibility in feeding theory. This is a theory created by Ellen Satter. And what the theory says, she's a feeding expert. She's a registered dietitian. She's also a therapist as well. And so she kind of brings a lot of the developmental um, focus into how we feed our babies. 
And one thing that the division of responsibility theory says is that we as parents have some jobs, right? When it comes to feeding our babies and our children, our job is to determine what our baby eats, where our baby eats, and when our baby eats. But it's the baby's job to ultimately determine whether they eat or how much they eat. That's not our job to determine. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. But remember our jobs, what they eat. So we focus a lot on what to feed your baby in this podcast where your baby eats in a safe space, including a safe high chair with a footrest. And then when your baby eats, the when your baby eats is important at established meal and snack times, but we don't bring snack times in early. And that's because babies don't need snacks. When your baby is just learning how to eat that early eater stage at six and seven months of age, we're not concerned with how much the baby is eating, right? Because breast milk and or formula continues to be the baby's primary source of nutrition. We're giving the baby ample opportunity to learn how to eat, but we do that at designated meal times. Now that changes a little bit, okay, right? Because anytime you get a schedule down with a baby, they go and change it on you, right? But we bump it up every couple of months so that then they move towards a meal pattern that's mimicking ours, okay? And I'm not saying everyone in the world eats three meals a day, but generally in North America, most families eat something that resembles breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But here's the deal. Your baby is having milk in between those meals, right? And when I say milk prior to one year of age, I'm talking about breast milk and or formula. After one year of age, you can make the switch to cow's milk or you may continue breastfeeding. There's no need to continue formula, however. So between six and 12 months of age, the traditional waning period, let's say you have a 10-month-old baby eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Your baby is still getting extra nutrition from the milk feeds that the baby is getting in between meals. That is your baby's snacks. That is your baby's insurance policy, right? Ensuring that they're getting adequate nutrition as they're slowly ramping up their food intake and then milk intake will gradually decline. Okay. Now, as you move towards the one year mark, sometimes parents will say, well, now my baby's a toddler. Should they have snacks? No baby or toddler has to have snacks. Okay, sometimes we as parents need snacks, right? When are snacks appropriate? Okay, definitely if you're gonna be off your schedule, I tell parents, you know, if you know you're not gonna have dinner at five o'clock and your baby gets hungry at five o'clock, you sure as heck better have some snacks 
planned, okay? Uh, so let's say you know you're going to be off the schedule. Snacks are appropriate then. Um, what about when you're having a particular, like a travel day? Okay, if you're going to be on an airplane, you're going to be off your schedule. If you need to keep the baby quiet, we generally say do not use food to pacify your child. But it's a whole different ballgame when you're on an airplane with a baby. And I'm anti-snack as they come, but if there's one day I buy snacks or bring snacks, it's when I'm going to fly with a baby who's eating just in case I need something to occupy them during some of those crucial travel times. So in my particular case, that's when snacks work for me. For other families, they may do snacks more frequently. Some families never do snacks and they just use milk as snacks. But as you guys with older kids know, it's a slippery slope. When you get started with snacks, right? Some parents will say, oh, my kids are constantly begging for snacks. That is a learned behavior. Okay, we know that your older baby and your toddler, certainly, they can recognize their hunger cues. They can respond to hunger cues. But when I hear parents complaining, gosh, my baby at 10 months of age, when I sit him down at the table, he immediately starts playing with the food or dropping it on the floor. He's disinterested in eating from the very beginning of the mealtime, or he's screaming and not wanting to be in the high chair. My question is, is that baby way too hungry? If they're screaming, sometimes they're way too hungry. More often than not, though, they're way too full. They've either had too much milk too close to the mealtime, or they've been pumped full of snacks. And this happens a lot in my family, send their babies to daycare. If you actually start asking the questions about how many snacks the babies got at daycare and what time they got them, it may be that that snack time is falling too close to the time when you want to feed your baby dinner. And then what I hear families saying is now I have to move dinner back. I want my baby to eat at five o'clock, but he's not hungry because he just got a bunch of snacks at daycare. So now I push dinner back to six or seven, but I want him to go to bed at six or seven. So now I'm pushing bedtime back to seven or eight. What started this whole problem? The snacks did. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's okay for you to tell your childcare provider, I don't want my baby to have snacks past X o'clock. Okay. And if you don't want it to have X, Y, or Z snacks, you should be sending the snacks that you do want your baby to have. And if you've decided that you're going to be snack free, which is perfectly fine to do so, you are obligated to tell your daycare providers that because more often than not, the child care providers are going to default to feeding the children snacks if that's what the other kids are doing. And then sometimes parents say, oh, but I don't want my kid to be the only one not eating snacks. You know, everyone's situation is different and the way you deal with that is the way that you decide to deal with it. But I do like to tell parents, you have permission to say, I don't want my baby to eat snacks parents say, okay, let's say you're on one of those days, you're off your schedule and you're going to have snacks. What sort of snacks do you buy? Generally, snacks that are marketed to or targeted at children are ironically not appropriate for kids to be eating. They either have too much added salt or too much added sugar. I think one of the best snacks that you can feed your babies is a piece of fruit, right? Especially let's think like a banana. It comes in its own adorable wrapper, right? That protects it from 
germs of the outside world. It's a nice soft texture that all babies can eat. It's a good source of carbohydrate. Um, it contains other important nutrients. It's actually a high water content food. A piece of fruit is a perfectly acceptable snack if you are going to need a snack to get you to that next mealtime. But you don't have to go buying all sorts of packaged. People want to buy pouches and they want to buy this puff. A lot of times, if you look at the ingredient list, it's not only not appropriate for the child, but all it's doing is occupying their time. It's not even providing additional nutrition. Some of those puffs, they kill me because they don't even actually have calories in them. Um, the ones that slay me are the ones that are marketed as an ideal first food. And they're super duper tiny, like the size of a Cheerio. You guys, something that's the size of a Cheerio is not an ideal first food because when your baby is six or seven months starting on foods for the first time, they don't have their pincer grasp and they can't pick those foods up. So if the baby can't pick the food up and feed it to themselves, it's not an ideal first food for your baby. So if you take a look at, let's say you walk down the aisle at Target, right? There's a myriad of different snacks that are targeted to parents. And it will make you think, like just like pouches, like, gosh, well, maybe I need to buy these for my baby. I want you to know you don't need to buy your baby snacks, especially early on. The milk that you're feeding in between meals that's what counts as your baby's snacks. So if you want to get more information about the foods that your baby can eat, I've got a great free baby led weaning for beginners workshop. If you're just starting out on solid foods, come check this out. I'm going to show you how to get your baby to eat a hundred different foods before turning one without you having to spoon feed purees or buy pouches or ridiculous baby snacks that your baby doesn't need. To get signed up for this week's free workshop, go to the show notes page for this episode at blwpodcast.com slash 35. Everyone on that free workshop also gets a copy of my 100 first foods list so you can focus on all the foods that your baby can eat instead of the snacks, which they definitely don't need. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye now. At a time when change is constant and we are pulled in far too many directions, we need a way to stay present to life and to increase our ability to remain calm, think clearly, and maintain our well-being. Many studies indicate mindfulness improves our mental, emotional, and physical health. On a Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee, you can learn how to practice mindfulness and enjoy its many benefits. Tune in for guided meditations and to hear tips and advice from some of the most respected experts in the fields of mental health and mindfulness. The world truly can be a better place. It all starts with a mindful moment.